Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Nihongo Master Podcast. It's Azra, your podcast host, here with another fun and exciting podcast episode on the theme of Japan travel. If you've been tuning in since the first episode of this season, or even just dropping in for a few episodes here and there, you'd know that season 4 is all about travel in Japan, bringing Japan Ryoko tips and insights to you virtually while prepping you for your next trip to Japan. This week's our last one for the season, and since I bet you've read the title, you already know what the next few minutes are going to cover. We're looking at Japan on a budget. Regardless of where you're going, travel is an investment no matter the amount. And in the recent years, Japan travel is so popular that it inevitably affects the budget range for this type of travel. Gone are the chances of going to Japan without splurging on all your savings. Gone are the chances of going to Japan without splurging all your savings. Or so you thought. It's definitely not impossible. It's 100% possible to experience this culturally rich island nation without breaking the bank. Coming from the girl who's been constantly traveling in the country for over two years and still not have to touch the emergency savings. That's one thing about me. I've traveled tons of cities in Japan before, but just the start of the year, I've got up and left Tokyo to jump from city to city to live a working holiday lifestyle. And I can assure you that you don't have to save up for years to explore Japanese cities. So we're going to look at five categories of budget Japan travel. Accommodation, transport, attractions, food and entertainment. Take this as a recap episode of the topics and grammar language we covered so far in the season, so prepare your notebooks. We're getting right into the first category of budget Japan travel. Saving on accommodation. This is a close second biggest expense for any travel, right after flights. Our season 4 episode 14 looked at the various types of Japanese lodgings, from the most traditional end to the modern, techno-savvy ones. If you haven't checked that one out yet, and are curious about what your options are, Give that short episode a listen. Anyway, because Japan has limited space with such a high population, the nedan, to mean cost, for housing skyrockets quite a bit. Us travellers can't escape that because those high costs transfer over into tourism. But look on the bright side, even in the most expensive cities like Tokyo, you always have options. Let's just look at the basic option. Hotaru, hotels. You have hundreds of options there. Everything from the five-star luxury ones to the budget business hotels. You're looking at anything from over a thousand bucks a night to as low as 30 or 40 bucks a night. If you want to cut it down even more, go to the famous capsule hotels, or kapusero hoteru in Japanese. This can go down to as low as 20 bucks a night. So not only are you getting a great deal, but you're also experiencing one of the most unique and popular types of Japanese accommodation. In our Japanese Unique Lodgings episode, we talked more about that. Another option is the one I use as often as hotels, Airbnb. You'd be surprised at the types of apato, apartments, and houses you can get for a budget price. This type of accommodation is especially great if you're traveling as a group or family. Instead of booking two or more hotel rooms, you're just booking one apartment. Even if you're a solo traveler, Airbnb has private rooms or bunk bed listings available too. Usually as cheap as capsule hotels and hostels, but with a more intriguing environment. Alternatively, for the more adventurous travellers, or ryokosha in Japanese, out there, go for couchsurfing. While it's not as big of a community here in Japan as compared to the rest of the world, there still is an active couchsurfing community. You're cutting out your accommodation expenses completely, experiencing the culture firsthand, and you get to make a friend or two. Couchsurfing is usually the ideal choice for solo or paired travellers, but if you're travelling as a family or a group, and all of your animal lovers, give pet sitting a shot. Similar to couchsurfing, where the community is not as big, you will get to save costs on accommodation while having a furry pal to keep you a lot company. 
On top of that, you get the whole homey, cozy and atmosphere of a living local home. Regardless, we all need a roof over our heads during the trip. Oh, speaking of needs, does anyone remember our grammar language we learned in Season 4, Episode 2? Hitsuyo Garu and Iru? Yasui Shukuhaku Shitsetsuo, Sagasu Hitsuyo Garu. I need to find a cheap accommodation. But first, to book any accommodation, Okane ga iru, I need money. Here's a quick vocab recap. Nedan, cost. Hotaru, hotel. Kaposero hotelu, capsule hotel. Apato, apartment. Ryokousha, traveler. Yasui, cheap. Shukuhaku shisetsu, accommodation. Sagasu, to find. Okane, money. Our second category of budget Japan travel is saving on transport. Unless you go to a city where you can basically walk anywhere, like Kyoto, you're going to have to set aside a couple of bucks for transport. Well, even in Kyoto, you're going to want some sort of transport like a rental bicycle. And that means forking out some mula. So just like your accommodation, this isn't something you can pass on spending so easily. But I have good news. You can definitely cut down on spending on transport. The biggest type of public transport in Japan is the train. You will already know that if you tune into our Season 4, Episode 5 of Bullet Trains and Rails. And speaking of bullet trains, the Shinkansen is probably one of the most expensive transport options you can ever get in the country. So with that said, skip it if you're on a budget. I know, I know. What's a trip to Japan without a ride on a 320km per hour train? But think about this. You can save a couple of bucks and book a domestic flight instead. And it's faster. Your choice. If you do decide to stick to Densha, train, transport, I'm not going to fault you for that. I personally do think train travel is the best way to see the country, or kuni in Japanese. So then I advise getting a Japan Rail Pass, or JR Pass. It's going to save that pocket of yours from getting a gaping hole. And for those who are considering other options, there's always the bus. It might not be the most time-saving option, but from my experience, the bus can get you to places the train can never be able to. You're not even missing out on the landscapes. Because buses go up and through mountains, in between inaka, or rural, villages, villages, and past huge lakes. And on top of it all, the most important part, you'll be able to cut down on almost half of your transport expenses. Especially if you opt for bus over Shinkansen, and even more if it's an overnight bus. The thing about buses though, that it can also rack up quite a big of expense. In cities where only local buses and trains run, like Hakone or Gunma, your JR pass is completely useless. But not all hope is lost, because these cities have their own day passes. Usually it's like a thousand or two thousand yen to cover a day or two, so like 10 or 20 bucks. And you can take unlimited buses and trains. Some passes can cost more in different cities and last longer, like up to seven days. So I'll say, Watashitachi wa okane o tamereba ii desu. It'll be good if you can save money. If you recall, we covered this grammar language of ba i in season 4, episode 8. So check it out for the full rundown. We also looked at to i, tara i, and nara i, as well as explaining their different usages. Now for a quick vocab recap. Shinkansen, Japanese bullet train. Densha, train. Kuni, country. Inaka, rural. Okane o tameru, to save money. By the way, if you haven't checked out our official website yet, why not give it a browse? Anihongo Master, 
We offer efficient Japanese lessons that are quick, easy, and fun for Japanese language learners of all levels, from beginners to advanced. Our smart tools will assist you in areas where you need a little bit of a push and congratulate you on the ones you waste. With a community of over 50,000 Japanese students, you're not alone on your learning journey. Make new friends and improve together with our point system, collecting points as you go along. Ask away any questions you have on our group discussion pages. There's sure to be others as well as our Japanese instructors that are quick to answer. You can also take Nihongo Master with you on the go and learn Japanese as you trot the globe. Practical, right? If you manage to already cut down on the first two expenses, maybe you've already cut down enough to be able to freely spend on attractions. But if not, we're going to look at saving on attractions. The best part about traveling is going around sightseeing, or kanko in Japanese, and going to kanko shigen tourist attractions. The worst part about it is that the tourism industry have exploited those places by demanding some sort of fee to it, whether it's an entrance fee or an attraction ticket. But in Japan, not every attraction is charged. Some are free. In fact, if you look for them hard enough, you'll find quite a lot of them that are muryo to mean no charge in Japanese. Skip the paid observation decks people rave about on social media and go to the free, underrated ones. Temples, terra, and shrines, jinja, are usually free. Maybe except the big, popular ones. But even then, the entrance fee is no more than 500 yen, around 5 bucks. Dig a little deeper and you might even find that some attractions have free admission days. Museums, or Hatsubutsukan in Japanese, often do have a free admission day, whether it's once a month or for specific holidays. But we're not all lucky to be able to catch that one day of the month or season. So a lot of us have to just rely on sightseeing combo tickets and special offers. You can find them anywhere. Online, at ticket centers and train stations and tourist information desks. Because Japan is such a hotspot for tourism, there's an insane number of bundles to save a couple of bucks. A popular special offer usually involves entrance tickets with a discounted transport or a free pass. If you're lucky, you might even find one with meals included. One attraction that is free and raved about in Japan is anything sakura, which are cherry blossoms. If your next Japan trip is planned for spring, check our season 4 episode 7, Sakura Spotting, for the when, where, and what to do. Kore wa saiko da! Ichiban kirei to mo! Did you catch what I said? I said, that's the best, it's the prettiest in my opinion. We looked at superlatives in Season 4, Episode 15, so get your bite-sized grammar lesson by tuning to that episode now. We're going to recap the vocab now. Kanko, sightseeing. Kanko, shigen, tourist attractions. Muryo, free. Terra, temple. Jinja, shrine. Hakubutsukan, museum. Saiko, the best. Kirei, pretty. Our next category looks at saving on food. Yes, this might ultimately be the hardest thing to do regardless if it's during travel or not. I'm really not the best person to be giving advice on saving money on food. Because I'm one to splurge on it. Happy belly, happy life. Isn't that how the saying goes? No? Japan's a foodie heaven, from cafes and restaurants to izakayas, Japanese-style bar, and traditional dining like ryote and kapo. I'm not going to dive too deep into this since we already did in Season 4, Episode 3, Manchuwe at these Japan eateries. The places we talked about in that episode aren't necessarily the cheapest. I mean, a whole kaiseki ryori, traditional multi-course Japanese meal, isn't the best way to save money. 
and you're going to spend at least 1,500 yen at cafes, which is like 15 bucks. For some of us, that's expensive. For others, that's cheap as hell. But hey, I'm telling you we can cut down even further. I mean, you could go for lunch deals at cafes which can save you a couple of hundred yens. But first off, to cut down even further, we have the konbini, short for convenience store. It's not the healthiest choice, but konbini food is probably what I live off of when I'm short on cash for the week. You can get a decent filling meal for anything between 200 yen to 500 yen. Burgers, curries, sandwiches, pastas, you name it. If you don't want to completely sacrifice your diet, level up to local food chains that sell tonburi, rice bowls, or curry. You can get them for less than 500 yen, so about 5 bucks. Local ramen shops offer their bowls for less than 1,000 yen, so about 10 bucks. And I've been to some where they're only 500 yen, 5 bucks. Some chain restaurants like Utoya offer teishoku-style food, which is like a traditional set meal with rice and miso soup for bargain price. For the same price, you can get a couple of plates of sushi at a kaiten sushi, conveyor belt sushi, chain shop. I see some Japanese people ordering dozens of plates for themselves, but I myself can't eat more than five plates. Their last option is to cook if you have a kitchen at your accommodation. This really does save a lot of money. But hey, not everyone wants to cook on holiday. It's supposed to be a leisurely vacation, after all. It's good to know that it's an option, isn't it? At the end of the day, just make sure you don't tabesugiru and waste all that money. Tabesugiru means to eat too much. We covered this grammar language in our Season 4, Episode 4's Study Saturday. Too much or not enough? Here's a quick vocab recap. Izakaya Japanese-style bar Kaisekiryori Multicost traditional Japanese cuisine. Konbini, convenience store. Donburi, rice bowls. Teishoku, traditional Japanese set meal. Kaiten sushi, conveyor belt sushi. I didn't want to add this category in at first, but what's a holiday without some entertainment? Be it a couple of drinks at the pub or some local activities. Speaking of local activities... I shortlisted four of my top favorite quirky travel activities to do in Japan. Check it out in Season 4, Episode 12. On top of Mario go-karting and theme cafes, we talked about Purikura, Japanese photo booths that print out picture stickers that make great cheap souvenirs. See, there are cheap thrills that you can get in Japan. Karaoke doesn't have to cost a bomb either, contrary to popular belief. If you go during the day, they have cheaper rates compared to nighttime. The one I like to go to in Shibuya, Tokyo, also includes an unlimited drink bar during my karaoke time slot. The cheaper rate thing also applies to other types of entertainment like bowling, billiards, and eigakan, cinemas. When you go during the peak hours, they can go up to twice the price of the off-peak ones. So for me, I take advantage of my flexible schedule and have day outs during the week and stay in during the weekends. Not only do I avoid the crowd, but I also pay almost half less. And drinking, the part we've been waiting for. Just like how cafes have lunchtime sets and entertainment places have off-peak hour rates, bars and pubs have happy hour. Some places start happy hour as early as 12pm. Family restaurants like Gusto have namabiru for 200 yen, 2 bucks. The British-style pub chain Hub offers sets that include a drink with a half-size fish and chips for 500 yen, which is 5 bucks. Get smashed before the night even begins. If you keep your eyes open, there are some bars tucked away that offers cheap drinks for as low as 300 yen throughout the whole night. So you see, drinking out is not expensive at all. 
and if you want to get hammered for half of that price, then Combinis are your best friend. Their alcohol range is top-notch. Three percenters and beers are for about 150 yen a can, so like a buck fifty. Get a couple of cans and chat the night away with your buddies at a park or at your accommodation. Although I said we shouldn't eat too much in the previous section, I'm gonna say this. No misugitemo iyo? No misugiyo? It's okay to drink too much. Let's drink too much. If you're wondering how the grammar works here, check out Season 4, Episode 11 for a step-by-step guide. But first, you need the teform, and we cover that in Season 4, Episode 13. Give these two episodes a listen for your bite-sized grammar lessons. Let's take a look at our last vocab recap for the night. Purikura, Japanese photo booths. Eigakan, cinemas. Namabiru, draft beer. Nomisugiru, to drink too much. So you see, Japan doesn't have to be an expensive holiday, but to each their own as to what's considered expensive and what's considered cheap. It's always great to know we can save a penny or two. If you're interested in exact figures and breakdown of a Japan trip, head over to the Hongo Master blog for more, as well as other similar topics like these. What do you think of this kind of recap episode weaved into a topic? And what are you most excited about when it comes to Japan travel? Tell us your thoughts by commenting on our social media platforms. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you're keen on picking up some more Japanese for yourself, pop onto our official website, nihongomaster.com, to learn more. While you're at it, why not get yourself a subscription? Get a head start on your Nihongo journey with Nihongo Master. Thank you so much for listening in. Join me in the next one, where I'll be walking you down the avenue of Japan's rich culture. See you in Season 5 with a fresh new season theme. Mata ne!